The Jace and PJ Podcast. Um, we were chatting earlier uh, just about Australia Day and, um, you know, the argument of moving the day. Mm-hmm. I think it's only um, gained more and more support to move the day and also not do something yeah. currently, you know, on Australia Day. This year, out of all years, really stood out for me. Yeah, I, I felt it too. Um, no one doing posts or anything. Like, you mentioned earlier about companies normally do, like... Yeah, I noticed, like, normally on ho- holidays, you get, like, token emails about sales on certain days and stuff, and I noticed maybe two or three, and, like, I've got a lot of subscriptions. I'm yeah. signed up to a lot, and I was like, wow. You know, it was really interesting to see that kind of shift. We, um... We did uh, a bit of a barbecue with some friends of ours yesterday afternoon. And, you know, in the past, we would have gone the whole Australia yeah, Day yeah, theme yeah. and everything like that. We didn't do anything like that. We just caught up with friends. And I said to Lou last night, I, I almost had a feeling of guilt of just actually doing something yesterday. I, I went out for lunch as well. And we, even before we went, um, my friends were like, just want to make this clear. This is not a celebration for Australia Day. Yeah, um, right. You know, and I feel like people were really keen to point that out this year. And even at the pub, it was kind of like, it was just a very mellow a very mellow vibe yeah. compared to Rowdy, like, well, let's get on it. Oh, like, I feel like people changed. are a lot more aware this year, which is a good thing. That's why I still bang my head against the wall going, if it's like that, and obviously people are feeling that way, just change the day. Yeah. Well, we look, we've I, said I, that. Sorry, I was just going to quickly say, I, Steve Price summed it up on the project last week, and believe me, I don't normally agree <laughs> with him, but he was like, let's find a day that suits everyone exactly. because we deserve to celebrate Australia. Because we're so bloody lucky, exactly. especially with everything going on around but the world at the moment. But do it a day that actually suits everyone and doesn't bring up trauma. Totally. Um, and look, we've said, look, this is not our time to talk. It's our time to listen. And we were joined by an incredible woman on the show last year who really opened our eyes. And we're going to play that chat for you coming up next. You're listening to the Jason PJ Podcast. We believe our part in this whole sort of situation is to sit back and listen and you know, respectfully hear the Indigenous people of this country. Um, Last year, we were fortunate enough to uh, have a really eye-opening chat. Um, And this was at the height of the Black Lives Matter protests. That's right. Um, We sat down with an amazing woman called Narita Waite. She's from the Victorian Aboriginal Legal Service. Um, She helped highlight the plight of Indigenous people here in Australia. And this really opened our eyes. Have a listen. I met PJ a few years back. We lived, um, I'm an Aussie, but I moved over in New Zealand. And I think that's what I was shocked about when I moved to New Zealand. The um, cultural integration of, of the Māori culture, it, it seems so much stronger so back much home. So, I, I was sending my kid to preschool over there and he was coming home and he was Learning counting. And I'm like, that we, we weren't learning this back in Australia. No, uh, certainly when I went to primary school um, and secondary school, uh, there was certainly no education about black history, Um, you know, and we were taught white history, which as an Aboriginal person in a classroom, very confronting, very alienating. um, And often, you know, leaves you feeling quite small um, and, you know, that that unconscious way of just making you the other that's what that does um in terms of the different experience in New Zealand it's because they had a different colonization experience so uh, you know they reached a treaty there um Mm. and that sort of set the foundation that never happened here um instead we went right into genocide and massacres and you know uh some really strong forms of institutionalized violence um and tried to eradicate the culture rather than support it which is what you've seen in New Zealand and I guess just not even having that acknowledgement on a daily basis. When this is the history, this is what has happened. Um, I just can't even imagine what that must be like. So, can, can I ask, what's your personal first memory of not feeling equal? 
Um, my first overt experience of that was when I was six um, and I decided that after being um, shown the movie To Kill a Mockingbird um, that I wanted to become a lawyer in order to confront the treatment um, of my community because I'd had close family members involved in the prison system. Um, and my mum and my family um, and even my non-Indigenous family from my dad's side thought this was all a great idea um, and were incredibly supportive of a rather unusual dream for a six-year-old. Yeah, I was going to um, say, I just, yeah, yeah, I wanted to drive an ice cream truck. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think we start early um, in our family. Um, but when I expressed that to the teacher, um, I was told that that wasn't possible for me um, and that perhaps I might want to be a mum or a community worker. Really? Um, and that was really alienating and I... You know, I didn't fall down in tears or anything. I just sort of withdrew and um, become small. And then I went home to um, my mum and uh, my great aunt. She sat me down and explained that this is this is what it is. Um, you will always be considered to be less than um, in terms of white Australia. That you're always going to have to work harder and be better and do better in order to get to that level of see, being seen as being somewhat equal. Do you think schools are getting better with educating or they've got a long way to go? Um, there's certainly a long way to go and I think that's just by virtue of how difficult it is yeah. um, to change curriculums and, and move ahead but also to understand that you can teach some nationwide black history but that if you're in a school in a specific place you should be teaching the cultural and law stories of that tribal group so that they do have that place-based understanding as well because that will then entrench a sense of connection to that group um, and a fostering of collaboration activities and um, I think we all want to grow up in a free and equal society. What would be your message to people that are genuinely looking for a starting point? Uh, looking at books uh, like, um, and, you know, there's even kids' versions of these, but yeah. uh, looking at, you know, Aboriginal Australians, uh, that's a book by Richard Broom. Uh, Growing Up Aboriginal in Australia, that's a book, uh, book by Larissa Burnett and really actually talks about uh, what it means and what it feels like to be Aboriginal in white Australia. Um, and I think it's a good starting point to understanding those unconscious biases, the structural racism. Movies such as The Rabbit Proof Fence, um, yeah. the first Australian series um, that was produced and aired on, I think, on SBS and ABC is absolutely fantastic. You know, they can stand in solidarity with the oppressed groups. They can use their vote at the ballot box. There's so much to do um, and Australia can be better um, mm. and is capable of doing that. That was our chat with uh, Narita Waite from the Victorian Aboriginal Legal Service. We got to catch up with her and sit down for um, quite a lengthy chat last year. It was really awesome to just sit down and speak and listen to her, really. Very intelligent and very well-spoken, isn't she? Yeah. You are listening to the Jason PJ Podcast.